welcome to yet another episode of created to fathom luminance how are you how are you how are you how are you um i'm i'm good i'm okay this week has been interesting um because i feel like sort of the veil (laughs) of delusion is starting to be lifted where i'm like when am i gonna get a job I've been applying I want to work when is that happening but you know what all in good timing it will happen when the time is right I hope you are well I hope you have peace in your heart I hope that your heart is is good it's good I had a guy that I liked um, that used to ask me how's your heart and I was never the same. I was never the same <laughs> after that. Like every time I I hear that or I think of asking someone that, I'm like, mm. but anyway, we're not here to talk about men, guys. <laughs> we're here to talk about part two of why I left um, the church, why I left the institution of church. Um, and I want to start off by saying that I'm not here to you know bash the church in any way to bash the people that went there in any way I love them I still talk to some of them it's been great I think that there are good things that I was taught in that space but equally there are so many traumas that came from me being there that I want to share that I want to talk about and I genuinely hope that the institution itself is in a better place genuinely i i don't wish ill on the institution i don't wish ill on anybody that still goes there i think it's great that they found a community that they can find peace in it just wasn't for me that's not where my peace came from although it did provide peace at some points for the most part i did not have peace there um which is why i had to leave but I also want to talk about church hurts. Church hurt is also one of the main reasons I I left. Um, I just felt like, yes, like I keep saying, people are imperfect and people are going to hurt you intentionally or unintentionally. It's part of life. But in a space that claims to hold itself to the standard of the Bible, I would expect better ways to navigate forgiveness and better ways to navigate how to like treat people and if you have missed the mark in that area like own up you know be accountable or if I confront you about that and I say hey you did x y and z don't gaslight me (laughs) you know it was like the whole thing of just being gaslit I remember even like being gaslit about the fact that I was depressed um being called names um with regards to my mental health which yo was not cute um but also child i'm having flashbacks and it's not cute but also having rumors spread about me and um having my integrity as a person questioned why would you do that in a space that claims to 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 you know hold up 
the golden rule like love your neighbor as you love yourself um why would you intentionally go out of your way to spread rumors and the fact that like other people would lap it up in the same way was very concerning because it was like oh gossip is a thing that you preach and you say like don't do it but then you know you turn around and you do it fine we're imperfect we all fall short of the glory of god amen but at the same time own up to that and be like yo dog i i, I spread a rumor about you i gossiped um and that was another thing that i couldn't uh, like understand is this lack of accountability um you know where people would say the most hurtful things about me and i didn't get an apology and i had to be okay with navigating life without that apology and knowing and understanding that i'll never get the apology that i've been waiting for or the closure and i know that i'm not the only one that has probably gone through this you know um and so it was difficult because it was like yo you're straight up going to say stuff that is just absolutely not true about me and then not say anything and then like lift your hands in worship and carry on with life when the bible even says like do not even give me i'm obviously paraphrasing here it's in matthew you can go look it up but it says do not even offer anything to god when you know you have beef with someone like don't do that <laughs> don't don't do that um and so it was like yo guys how njani njani um and that was like the tipping point for me that was one of the things that hurt the most where i was like yo okay so no one's going to call this person out really i bet um and you know speaking on on the double standard so in my church oh i oh i said my church in the church that i went to uh women were not allowed i don't know now uh hence my use of the the past what's what's the word um past tense there we go women were not allowed to preach um women were not allowed to lead worship women were basically not allowed to take up leadership roles and i felt like what kind what in the like what what why and that was something that i didn't understand and i just it enraged me so much because i felt like there are women in the church that have so much to contribute and say um even when women you know were on stage and and could say something it was either that they were with a man preferably their husband or someone that they were leading like the sermon with that was a man or it was a separate class for women where they could fully just like jump in and lead and i didn't get that why why and if you have an answer and you're listening to this please unpack this for me because i i don't i don't understand why what is it that a woman can't do behind the pulpit that a man can please unpack this for me if you know the answer because still it's one of those things that disgruntle me it's 2023 bra come on but to return to a point that i mentioned in my previous in the previous episode where i spoke about navigating blackness and christianity and attached a bit on like 
the racism and microaggressions um again like there was no space for practices as a black person and i'm going to use like lobola as an example right in uh african let me not say african because africa is vast and there's so many different cultures but particularly in zulu culture once you have um asked for someone's hand in marriage and the two families have come together and have agreed and certain rituals were, were performed um and money or cows in the form of money cows in the form of money were exchanged then you're married to that person like that's that's your man that's your king or that's your queen you know even um legally contractually that is a binding contract the law recognizes that as marriage and i remember you know the church sort of delegitimizing ilobola um and cultural practice uh, practices around that as marriage and i was like where what why where does this come from like why <laughs> you know and that's what i mean when i say there was no space to navigate being black and um navigating your culture in that space um it was also you know the whole thing of uh you know amadlos like ancestors i have never i think in the you know when i when i had spent some time in the church i was very opposed to ancestors and the spiritual practices around like african spirituality because that's what that's what was taught it was almost like african spiritual practices were demonized in fact they were not even it was almost they were definitely 100% demonized and i just felt like how are we supposed to navigate africanness and and being black if we can't even acknowledge the people that walked before us and acknowledge that they could even potentially have um a role to play in the lives that we live here on earth and the part that we walk you know and it was so demonized to the extent that i remember someone you know calling like african spiritual practices witchcraft but in the same breath at like um lobola negotiations you're still going to slaughter a cow for who why what are you doing that for you know and that's another thing like this dichotomy between being christian and being african but then you're st- still sort of clinging to african spiritual practices as a christian because culturally it's right like let's draw the line somewhere if you say that you belong to the jesus kingdom which i personally don't think negates african spirituality but that's a whole other conversation um that i want to have someone on here for but if you say that then you know do things the jesus way as you claim which sounds very eurocentric to me in any case but do things that way if you're going to do things the in inverted commas african way then do things that way but don't have double standards when it comes to things like that and that's another thing that sort of irked me where it was like why why and to uh, hop on to double standards again i did speak about this touch on this briefly in the previous episode is 
double standards when it came to modesty. Like the way that women um, would dress. Like, for example, obviously everyone is built different. Me, if I'm thicker than a snicker um, and I wear shorts, obviously it's going to because I'm juicy, right? But someone else that's not built that way, it would be okay for them to wear the exact same shorts. But for me, it's a pralin. Why? Why, you know? And with modesty, it was always, oh, no, your bra strap is showing. Cover that up. Your pants are too tight. Make a plan. Your, you know, like your top is too short or whatever the case was. But modesty was a thing. And whenever I would hear the reasons for modesty, it would be you're making the brothers struggle. Hi, boo. Hi, boo. Hi, boo. So the the brothers really lack self-control. Like they lack self-control. They don't know that women have boobs and we wear bras. And those bras have straps. Like, you know? And it was always, no, brothers will struggle. No, like... You want to save yourself. You want to save their eyes. And why? Why? That irked me so much because it was like, it, it affected the way that I viewed my body. Um, I hated my body for the longest time because I felt like, oh, it's just a, an object of sexualization. And it even still affects the way that I dress today where I struggled for the longest time to wear tights even in public or wear tank tops or wear things that made me, that were too like revealing because I felt like, oh, okay, this is going to attract unnecessary attention that I, you know, sexually, that that narrative perpetuated perpetuates rape culture actually because now you're like okay cool shop i'm supposed to cover up because you know this is too tight or this is too revealing so when someone rapes me i deserved it because um of the way i dressed that's nonsense like stop pushing this this narrative um and yeah like that's why I had to leave you know you know the brothers were never told like um cover up your arms because you're making the sisters struggle or whatever the case was it was always like oh yeah like it was more let me say it was more acceptable um in that sense like they were never in my experience or from my perspective they were never sort of as hectic about modesty when it came to men as they were with women and while I'm on this I also want to touch on like dating culture uh in the church so the fact that there were always more women than men was wild because obviously that meant that like the men had more options ugh options to choose from when it came to the woman they wanted to date or marry etc 
whereas women like we didn't really have like that many options and it almost got to a point where I felt like the brothers obviously could pick and choose who they wanted right and I was never like one of the chosen ones so to speak and again it brought up like issues of me feeling undesirable and insecure and etc but also like it would get really weird um where it was almost giving body shaming the way that some of you know the men would speak about like women and in the name of oh no this is my preference and it just felt like uh uh-uh, uh why can you not speak about your preferences without bringing someone else down or without you know being overly critical or negative about it why can it not just be oh this is my preference shop and i always felt like i was in those spaces cuz i was always one of the boys um i don't think i was ever seen as the girl that anyone could like or have a crush on or whatever it was always yeah nah she she down like she one of the boys or whatever the case is and um that also really affected my self esteem and my self image i never felt like a woman <laughs> i never felt like a, a woman for yo for a very long time and it was confusing it was a confusing place to be especially in a space where your options are limited in terms of who you wanted to date and i obviously have a very specific preference which narrows down my options even further and so i started to get this anxiety about oh who am i going to date if these are my options and probably none of them want me obviously that was because of the frame of mind that i was in at the time and so it just felt like we were in this like contest competition low key um that's what dating culture felt like to me where it was like oh cool um so we're all trying to get to the finish line right or we're all trying to get a man i bet <laughs> let's see who they want the most and although that probably wasn't what was really happening it felt like it it felt like if i need to get a man i'm going to i need to compete for their attention i need to be the most spiritual whatever that means i need to read my bible more i need to quote scriptures more i need to da 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 which was another thing is <sighs> being in that space there was a hierarchy like an unspoken hierarchy and i think this happens in most churches where there's like the pastors and their family who are at the top of the hierarchy and then there are those elders and other leaders who are come second in the hierarchy and then everyone else that is most popular or works the best job is like third and then like the rest at the bottom and i obviously was always at the bottom of the hierarchy father never went to the church and my mom left the church um sometimes so naturally i was always sort of at the bottom of the hierarchy and i felt it i felt it and i felt like and and it was even worse because it was like being in the arts where every second person questioned what i wanted to do and on top of that 
being black and being a woman where I just did not feel like I had the space just felt like it all counted against me which was yeah it sucked obviously um yeah and so it was just like difficult to navigate a space like that I didn't fully feel like the institution had my back in that regard and like I said it was having a bearing on my mental health I would get anxious every time I'd step up into the building I would intentionally sit at the back in case I hadn't I had an anxiety attack so I could like run out if I needed to um I'd also sit at the back because I just I felt like once the service was over I didn't want to socialize that's another thing like the way it perpetuated the fact that extroverts the way it perpetuated um this myth that extroverts are superior to introverts like if you could go around and socialize with everybody then you're sort of better they obviously wouldn't say it and it wouldn't be that like obvious <clears throat> but it it felt like you know extroversion was perpetuated as like more su- the more superior end of the spectrum um and introverts were always like weird um you know especially when it came to like reaching out like sharing your faith i think that thing puts introverts in a very awkward position because you walk up to people you don't know um to ask them if they're interested about like learning you know um learning about god learning about the bible and then they reject you and yo guys it just also feels like they're not they were not particularly cognizant of how rejection could make someone feel that's actually i'm actually thinking about that now like it's pretty intense but yeah yo there's so much um still to unpack but those are the things that are sort of at the top of my head that all of these things created like a church trauma church hurt that i just found it so hard to return to myself um there's also like teachings on emotional purity that i found hard to navigate where it's basically like um being emotionally tethered to someone is not right like you need to have boundaries like for example talking after a certain time um should stop uh spending a lot of time with this person should stop and for me because i'm an extremist i was like i don't want to be emotionally tethered to someone because i don't want to be in sin because that's how it was presented and i felt like i felt so guilty about liking someone my gosh I felt so guilty. I was like, oh, am I emotionally tethered to this person because I like them and I want to talk to them all the time? Um, and I felt guilty about liking people. And I was like, oh, maybe I should pray this away. Um, but yeah, like, yo, these are all things that created, you know, traumas and all the things that built up for me over the years that it got to a point that I was unhappy 
all the time. Um, I just was not grand. I wasn't okay and I had to leave. Will I ever go and join another church? Hopefully. But the point is that I couldn't heal in a place that I was so hurt. And so I had to leave and block out the noise. I had to navigate the hurt the best way I knew how, and that was to leave. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, anything you want to say, please engage me on social media. I feel like I'm finally at a point where I can talk about this without hyperventilating child because, ooh, I remember being so hurt every time someone would ask me why I left that I just, I would like shut down emotionally and just not want to engage at all. But now definitely we're in a better place. We're feeling great. We're feeling lovely. So yeah, please don't be afraid to ask me any questions, especially like if you can relate or if you went to the church that I did and you really just want to find out like what's up please let me know um but I had to also unlearn God like I keep saying outside of the noise because I always felt condemned in that space and I always just felt like I wasn't worthy to be a child of God because of the things that I mentioned previously and so now having left I feel like I'm in such a uh, uh, a good place spiritually um the way that I seek God and the way that I navigate my relationship with God is so different and it's so much more active than if I had stayed um and I'm grateful for that but yes thank you for tuning in to another yet another episode of created to fathom luminance love and luminance to you all